0: Check us out at heartwaychurch.com slash give. Every dollar that you give goes a really long way towards helping us do what it is that we do. Well, we love you. Really hope you enjoy the podcast. You
1: know, before, we, uh, before we start in the center in prayer, I need to get this out of the way. I'm a little upset about something. I swore I was gonna be the freshest person in here today. This is my favorite jacket, this is my knockout jacket. then I see some of y'all in here. I see Danny looking like a sanctified Pablo Escobar. You know what I'm saying? Can't compete with that, you know what I'm saying? (sighs) Anyway, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Just need to get my ego out the way so the Lord can move through me, you know what I'm saying? It's beautiful to be with you guys today. You know, when I was on my way over here, when I was speeding over here, (laughs) you know, we got to keep it straight, you know, but when when I was getting over here, I was thinking to myself, how many of us have genuinely been taught to breathe? We always talk about breathe, breathe through it, breathe through it. No one ever taught us to breathe. We think about it as something that Obviously, it gives us life energy, it helps us feel good, but we don't have a true awareness of how powerful it really is. You know, first off, when we talk about one of the names of God, Yahweh, it's a representation of the breath, because as we say, Yahweh, Yahweh, it's a representation of the breath, and so essentially it's saying that whenever we breathe, we're uttering the name of God. That even if you're trying to curse God, you're still praising him. But in another practical sense, breathing, not just it doesn't just give us life energy, but it gives us access to power that we can't possibly comprehend. Just to give you a little practical representation of it, uh, there's this man named Wim Hof. They refer to him as the Iceman. And he was shown in a research study, being injected with an endotoxin. And simply through the power of his breath and through the power of belief, he was able to resist the effects of the endotoxin. His body showed no sickness. And so today, I want us to be a little bit more intentional of not just breathing, but how we breathe something called, hi mama, sorry. That's my queen right there. I gotta say hi to her, you know? (laughs) But there's this form of breathing called diaphragmatic breathing. I'm sure many of you are familiar with it, but it's basically, instead of breathing with your chest, we tend to be chest breathers a lot of times, but that actually activates our sympathetic nervous system, causes us to feel stress more easily. So when we start to hyperventilate, breathing with our chest. But when you allow yourself to breathe with your diaphragm, it causes your stomach to extend. It activates your parasympathetic nervous system, which causes a state of peace, a state of relaxation. So just a little something today, just maybe you don't want to, but some of you who might just, might want to put your hand on your stomach as you're in centering prayer just feel that life energy going through your diaphragm might help a little bit. So with that being said, let us get comfortable. There's no right way to do this. All we are doing is just breathing with intention. (sighs) And I challenge you That if you can do this completely, bring your whole self, your whole awareness into just your breath. Can breathe like it's the last thing you'll ever do. Watch how God reveals himself in a very practical way. silence surround you and caress you like a loving wind around your body. And this wind of silence this wind of peace as you inhale picture it flowing into your nostrils and filling you with comfort and as you exhale Feel it pushing out all stress, all responsibility, all weight. There's nothing heavy here. Your body is light. It feels so free and at ease. If any thoughts come, if any sensations come, (laughs) don't worry about them. Just observe them, they are only dancers prancing around for your entertainment. But they're no threat. All there is here is peace. Let us breathe it in together. Your shoulders slumping. Your muscles are relaxing now. Just a little bit more. Just a little bit more. safe to let go let go into the abyss of God's comfort this is what it means to fall in love literally fall in time that you hear me say fall, you're going to submerge 10 times deeper into this relaxation. Let it love you. Let it hold you. Let it heal you. This is what it means to fall in love. Because love is all God is. And he is leveraging this moment (laughs) to show you. so weightless, you're so at peace. And now very slowly, like a buoy, floating to the surface, you're feeling your body and your awareness floating up. As you float, it's slowly bringing awareness back into your body. Understand that this experience isn't over. Even when you open your eyes you can know that this experience is not over. That if you think it's over it's just a thought. This peace is with you and will continue to be the rest of this service, for the rest of this day, and every moment that you keep your eyes stayed on God. And so ever so gently, like you would rock a baby, bring yourself back. And in your own time, you may open your eyes. Thank you, Heartway.
0: All right, all right. Good morning, Heartway family. How we feeling, everybody? So good to see you. So happy you're here. Beautiful, familiar faces, new faces as well. If you're a first-timer, you're our special guest, and here at HeartWay, we exist to help people and serve people in their journey of spiritual growth and evolution. And so, our vision is to help people discover themselves in God and transform the world through love. Self discovery and God discovery are one and the same thing. And so, our hope and our prayer is that by coming here and being a part of this community and listening to these messages, you can gain some insight into who you are as a human being. Because to know yourself is to gain wisdom. And so today, particularly, I want to speak to you about a very, very important topic, and that is opening the mind. What does it look like to have an open mind? When your mind is open, you have access to new possibilities, new paradigms, new perspectives that can then allow you to generate creativity and momentum in your life. When your mind is closed, you become constricted. You limit yourself. You become incapable of seeing beyond your particular interpretive framework, which is always limited. Because every viewpoint is a view from a point. And your viewpoint is a limited point. As passionate as you may be about it. Now what's interesting is, there are moments... When we as human beings actually admire people who are, let's not say close-minded, let's just say set on their ways. And typically, of course, this is only when we agree with them. Right? But when we agree with people, isn't it true that we, we kind of like it when they stand for something? They refuse to budge on their beliefs no matter what the consequences may be. I mean, they, we see those people and we're like, they're strong. They're courageous. And yet, isn't it true that those same qualities that we admire in people when we agree with them also frustrate the heck out of us when we disagree with them? And so maybe you have a spouse or a parent or a child or a friend or a co-worker who is very set In their ways and it doesn't matter how hard you've tried to help them see things differently and expand their viewpoint and you've tried to show them otherwise they refuse to budge their mind is closed look at what the scriptures say in the book of Isaiah they don't know or understand anything their eyes are plastered shut so they can't see and their minds are closed so they can't understand. If you've ever interacted with somebody whose mind is closed and who is very set and stuck in their ways, you have probably been able to recognize for yourself how blinded it is we are capable of being as human beings. Now, it's very easy to recognize blindness in another person but it's very difficult to recognize blindness within ourselves. It's very easy to point our finger at somebody and say, they're closed minded It's much harder to reflect on ourselves and say, I've been closed minded too. And yet until we develop the ability to do that, we're never gonna expand, we're never going to evolve. And so we all like to think that we're open-minded. Most people, if you talk to them about this, be, yeah, I'm open-minded, to a point, to an extent. We all like to think we're open-minded until our thinking is challenged. When your thinking is challenged, how do you react? Does it anger you? Do you try and avoid it? Do you feel threatened by those who challenge your thinking? Because that is where the real test is. If you want to evolve spiritually, it begins with a willingness to allow your thinking to be challenged. And here's the good news. You don't need anybody else to do that. Because if we're honest, we don't respond well when other people challenge our thinking. When other people challenge your thinking, sometimes it doesn't even... It's not even about the actual argument anymore. It's just about my ego feeling a little wounded by the fact that you're coming at me and you're disrespecting me. It's like we do this all the time in arguments with the people that we love the most, right? Or like with our partners or our spouses, boyfriend, girlfriend. It's like there will be an argument, but the topic of the argument isn't even the main point anymore. Now I'm just mad that you came at me sideways like that. And so that's what we're talking about. We're not even talking about what the issue is. The issue is not the issue anymore. (laughs) That happens. Wow, we have people clapping back there. (laughs) Some people, man, I'm telling you, after the service, this is how I know you didn't listen to me, is when after the service, people come up to me and they're like, my wife needed that so bad. (laughs) Literally, y'all do that. Man, he needed that so bad. Thank you, pastor. I'm like, oh, Lord, here we go. (laughs) <laughs> I start praying for them immediately. Man. <laughs> but that, you know, that, that's, 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 that's what happens. <laughs> we don't need other people necessarily to challenge our thinking. And quite frankly, it, it's difficult for us to allow that. It's enough for you to learn how to challenge your own thinking. It's enough for you to learn how to challenge your own thinking. And your spiritual growth and evolution actually depends on it. Questioning your own mental narratives and paradigms is probably one of the most beneficial and transformative spiritual practices that you can ever develop. For me, I put it above even meditation. Because in meditation, we learn how to observe our thoughts. We learn how to let go of our thinking. Many of us experience a quieting of our thinking. But those thoughts come back. (laughs) Right, The same perspectives come back. The same negative frameworks come back. And the only way we will be able to detach ourselves from them is by seeing them for the illusions that they are. We have to unravel ourselves from those mental narratives and frameworks that have hooked onto us and kept us interpreting life in a way that disempowers us. Questioning your thinking. If you want to rewire your thinking, it begins by questioning your thinking. Are you willing to question and to challenge your own thinking? That's where it starts. Look at what it says in the Gospel of Luke. Jesus opened their minds. He opened their minds to understand the scriptures. So the folks that he was talking to here, they had a particular way of understanding the scriptures. But Jesus sought to open up their minds so that they could see things that previously they were incapable of seeing within their limited understanding. And this is what the Spirit of Christ continues to do today for those who are willing to be transformed by love. It begins by having this open mind. I am willing to have my thinking be challenged. And what I love about Jesus is that this is what he spent all those years doing when he was working with people, opening their minds, expanding their interpretive frameworks, opening people's minds to the vanity and the emptiness of the religious and societal and egoic matrix that we all inherit. And he did it so well. He challenged the black and white thinking that was so dominant in his day. And he moved people towards the complexity and the nuances of love. Love is the fulfillment of the law. And so people who were very stern about right and wrong and good and bad had a hard time with Jesus. Because he said this love thing goes way beyond your black and white framework. This is why Jesus constantly taught in parables, metaphors, stories, allegories, analogies, symbols, to move people beyond the dogmatic, rigid, narrow thinking that they developed. Jesus constantly challenged the insider-outsider rhetoric of his own religious community. Jesus' own religious community oftentimes would say that they were the chosen people of God. And of course, I mean, everybody says this, right? Every religion says we are the chosen ones of God. We're God's favorite. We're the special ones. We have the secrets. We have the answers. We're right, and everybody else is wrong. And then Jesus comes on the scene, and he says, oh, y'all are the chosen people of God? You see that pagan over there, that Gentile over there, that non-Jew over there that you think has no relationship with God, how about they have a greater faith than I've ever seen among you? Oh, that stings. Talk about opening up people's mind. That's like me coming up to y'all and saying, those Muslims over there, they are way more in tune with God than you Christians. Oh, you have no idea. You've missed the whole point. Those Muslims, they got it. Oh, Danny, what are you talking about, man? What are you saying? It's crazy. Opening of the mind. Wait, it's possible for those outsiders over there to have a relationship with God? How can that be so? Jesus helped expand people's minds pertaining to who God even is. In John chapter 3, Jesus says that the wind of the spirit blows where it wills. You can't contain God's spirit. You can't decide and determine where God is or isn't going to move. And then Jesus expands people's mentality about what's even possible for their human existence. Jesus says, if you have faith, all things are possible. Infinite possibilities. And yet here you are restricting yourself to this. I love to see how Jesus also challenged people who were stuck in the kind of rat race mentality that many of us are still stuck in today. Accomplishing more, doing more, getting more. Jesus at one point tells this parable about a very rich man who had a large field that produced so many crops And he had so many crops that he didn't even have a place to store them. So he decided to tear down all his barns, rebuild them even bigger, stack up all his wealth. And then he said, I'm just going to sit and be merry and eat and drink and enjoy my life. Jesus called that man a fool. And he says, yes, you have many treasures. But you are not rich where it counts. You are not rich towards God. You're not rich in meaning, rich in purpose, rich in relationships, rich in faith, rich in connection, rich in love. And so you're as poor as they come, even though you have so many things. Open your mind. Open your mind. Open your mind. This is what Jesus was all about. Most of us don't want to open our mind because it comes at the cost of losing our sense of reality as we know it. That's very painful. That's very difficult. I oftentimes talk to you about how I went through that when I had to rethink my religious upbringing and my faith and my Christian inheritance. When I started asking the big questions It was like everything that I knew to be true unraveled before me. You lose your sense of identity. You don't know who you are anymore. It is a point of crisis. Most of us are not willing to go there. That's why sometimes we don't even want to hear things that may seem to contradict what we believe to be true. Because if that triggers any little bit of doubt in us, now all of a sudden my foundations are shaken. And I don't know what I'm going to do. We don't want to go there. We don't want to confront our illusions. And yet that is the prerequisite for your freedom. To have this willingness to open your mind, to challenge your own thinking. So what does that look like for us practically? I'm going to give you a few, a few little things. Here's a good place to start. You got to be open to being wrong. Always remember that a closed mind is a confused mind. And my definition of a closed mind is being right in your own eyes. A closed mind is being right in your own eyes. People who have an open mind are not concerned with being right or being wrong. They are concerned with being understanding. People with an open mind don't care about agreeing or disagreeing. They care about empathy. We only want to agree or disagree because that establishes our own sense of self and individuality. But spirituality is about letting go of that strong sense of individuality and the need to constantly assert ourselves over and against other people. Some of us don't have an identity unless we have something we're against or someone who is against us. That's why we're so attracted to drama, right? Because we feel the most like ourselves when somebody is talking shiitake. (laughs) That's how we feel the most, you know this very strong sense of self we get to establish ourselves oh no well I'm not like that person can you believe that they said that to me bah, 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 bah. man who cares about them and then we get around our friends can you believe that they said that man they're so stupid this that, or the other yeah yeah and then your friends fan your flames and yeah yeah and then we feel so good about ourselves yeah they're retarded whatever and then you feel good for like five minutes and then you get insecure again because that's all that is that's just insecurity trying to pretend that it's being confident. A closed mind is a confused mind. Oftentimes I'll hear people say, well, I'm just giving my objective opinion about this. Well, about that whole objective opinion thing, I don't know if that's even possible. Is that even possible? I'm just throwing that out there. Is it possible for any human being to give an objective opinion? You understand what that means. No personal bias, no influence from any outside forces. Impossible. Impossible. You are shaped and created by the environments that you've been in, and your experiences shape the way that you see the world. You can't escape that. So, only a closed mind thinks it's being objective. An open mind understands the radical subjectivity of every thought and every viewpoint, which is why to have an open mind is to also develop a sense of humility, because you know that you do not know. Those who are the most ignorant among us are those who know nothing of their own ignorance. And those who are the wisest among us are those who understand the depth of their ignorance and have come to accept it for what it is. Those people have a wisdom that others have no access to because their minds are closed. It's been very cool interacting with my guy Phil here who's sitting in the front because when we first met, he took took me out to lunch. He said, Danny, I got to tell you something, all right? Because I, I think I did a message on, on the 12 steps. You should have been here, Brian. We did it on the 12 steps. And <laughs> no, no, he's good. He's good. He's good, though. I love you. But I did a message on the 12 steps. He's like, Danny, listen, I'm a recovering know-it-all. And I said, wow, that's awesome. And I can see why, though, right? Because, like, as I've gotten to know this guy, like, he'll just spit random facts about things. And I'm like, how do you know that? Like, who knows that and why? He's like, I I already told you I'm a recovering know-it-all. I say, oh, okay, it makes sense. A recovering know-it-all. Anybody else here a recovering know-it-all? No, you guys don't even know you're addicted yet. You don't even know you're trapped yet. Okay, but that's a good place to be. A recovering know-it-all. We, we, we got to recover from this know it allism that always leads us astray. That leads me to, to, to this second aspect of what it means to have an open mind. You got to be open to surprises. Let life surprise you. Have you ever noticed how we have this tendency to just expect the worst of life? To expect the worst thing to happen? I remember there being a time where if things were good in my life, I couldn't even enjoy it because I already knew this is too good. Something's gonna happen, somebody's gonna say something, someone's gonna piss me off, something's gonna go bad. So I couldn't even enjoy the good moments because I was already expecting bad moments to come. Anybody else like that? It happens, it happens. Life has no shot at that point because you are already so rigid and narrow in thinking that something bad is going to happen. It was like for me, I was walking on this thin ice that was going to crack at any moment. And what I came to discover is that that's what it means to be controlled by conditions and circumstances, eventually I came to the understanding that, you know what? Life is going to happen, but it's only good or bad if I make it so. Life is going to happen, but it's only good or bad if I make it so. There's this story about a Zen monk who lived in a hut at the foot of a mountain. And one night he was meditating and there was a burglar who came and he was brandishing his sword like, I'm about to cut you if you don't give me your money. And in this story, the Zen master he he remains in his meditative state and he says, Oh, underneath that vase over there on the shelf, you'll find all my money. You can take it. Just leave $5 because I gotta pay my taxes. And so the, the burglar's like, okay. And so he takes the five dollars. He's really confused because the dude's still meditating. And then he's like, you know what? I'm gonna take this vase too. And the monk notices that he's taking the vase and he says, Hey. Be very careful with that vase. It cracks easily. He said, so just take care of it. And the guy says, okay. No resistance, no fighting, nothing. The the burglar's about to leave, and the monk says to him, hey, wait a second. You didn't even say thank you. (laughs) And the guy's like, what the heck? He's like, thank you, and he leaves. The next morning, everybody in the village is freaking out. This burglar came. They took all our possessions. He, he took all our stuff. And then one man noticed that this monk's expensive vase was missing. And he said, were you a victim of the burglar too? And the monk responded by saying, victim of a burglar? No, 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 no. He's like, I gave that vase to a stranger. I also gave him all the money that I had. He said, he seemed like a pretty nice guy. He was just a little careless with his sword. That was it. End of story. What's the point here? This monk refused to be a victim of his circumstance. He refused to be a victim of his circumstance. And instead, he empowered himself by making the decision pertaining to what this circumstance was going to mean for him. And the way he interpreted this circumstance, the meaning that he gave to this was, I, I gave it to him. Nobody took anything from me. I gave this to him. And he kept his peace. You understand? That's possible for you. That's possible for you. You just have to open your mind. Another good way to open your mind is to be open to change. Be open to change. Everything in life is about learning how to adjust. It's literally the whole thing. The art of living is about learning how to move in harmony with life. That's it. Life goes left, you go left. Life goes right, you go right. Most of us, when life goes right, we want to go left. And then we get mad that life is going right, but we want it to go left. You move in harmony with life. You learn how to adjust. If you're not open to change, you're not open to life because all of life is change. And so to try and hold on to anything in a universe where the only constant is change is insanity. It's insanity. So look at this quote from Thomas Kempis. He wrote a, a, one of the classical texts of Christian spirituality called The Imitation of Christ. And he says, as long as you live, you will be subject to change, whether you will it or not. Now glad, now sorrowful. Now pleased, now displeased. Now devout, now undevout. Now vigorous, now slothful. Now gloomy, now merry. But a wise person who is well-taught in spiritual labor stands unshaken in all such things and heeds little what they feel or from what side the wind of instability blows. The only constant is change. Get used to it. Move with it. Plunge into it. Enjoy it. In fact, sometimes you don't need to even wait for life to change. You could just go ahead and change things. And that'll do some wonders for those of you who feel like you're stuck. Just change things for the sake of changing things and see what kind of new energy and momentum can arise as a result of doing that. Don't be afraid of change. You can't avoid it. There's another story about a young man who walked up to his meditation teacher, and I've Shared this with you before, and he goes up to him and he says, "Teacher, my meditation today was was horrible. I mean, I couldn't I couldn't concentrate. My thoughts were all over the place. It, it was so difficult for me to do it. I did not have an enjoyable experience." And the teacher looked at him and said, "It'll pass." A week later, same young man walks up to his teacher and says, "Teacher, my meditation was incredible." Oh, it was so blissful and peaceful. Everything about it was just perfect. And the teacher said, it'll pass. (laughs) It'll pass. It'll pass. The good times and the bad times, it'll pass. Life is constantly in motion. But there is something immovable within you. Everything in life constantly changes, but there is something changeless within you. Immovable awareness. The scriptures speak of it as the refuge of God's presence. Another tradition speaks of it as the cave of the heart. If you can find that place within yourself that is immovable, untouched by the conditions and circumstances around you, you will be at peace. This is who you are. What I'm describing is the open mind. An open mind can contain everything and is contained by nothing. An open mind is willing to allow life to be what it is without judging it or interpreting it all the time. The need to constantly interpret and give meaning to your experiences is what brings you so much suffering. Just let things be without narrating a story about what just happened. And you will see that things come and things go. And you can remain as this immovable awareness, this open mind that welcomes it all. Another aspect of this that is important, be open to difference. Be open to diversity. God obviously loves diversity because we live in a universe where everything is diverse. (laughs) And the diversity continues. I follow some accounts on Instagram that are like nature stuff. And the animals that I be seeing on here, I'm like, that was in the ocean? That looks like a demon. That was in the ocean. I'm going to start posting these on Hardway Instagram so you guys see. This is crazy. (laughs) Okay. God obviously loves diversity because there's so much of it around us. We are the ones who have a problem with diversity because we are afraid of what we are unfamiliar with. We're naturally just very skeptical about that which we do not know. But to have an open mind means you don't dismiss things just because you're unfamiliar with them. You stay receptive. You stay open. You're willing to learn from anyone and everything, allowing every experience to add value to you. If you remain open like that, you will see God in everyone. Even the people who you think are so far out there. Even the people you think are so far out there. Have something of value to add to you. If you're willing to stay open and receptive. And this is the last point I want to share with you. Be open to the present moment. You cannot be open to the present if you're closed in on the past. Okay, so to be closed in on the past means I keep rehearsing and rehashing what happened to me over and over and over again. Okay, we may not be able to forget the past, but we can make peace with it. And the cool thing about it is when you make peace with the past, that changes how you remember it. And the past is only what you remember it to be. You and I can go through the same experience. I remember it one way. You remember it another way. I've been in a room where I've sat with people and we've been in the same place and we went through, I thought, the same experience, another impossibility. (laughs) And the way they tell that story is a lot different than the way I tell that story. And the way you paint me in your story is not how I paint me in my story. So which is the right story? The past is only what you remember it to be. When you make peace with the past, that changes how you remember it, which is what growth is. It's like you've been through some stuff, but when you look back now in hindsight with a larger vision, you're able to reinterpret what happened to you in such a way that now this is adding value to your life. You understand? The past is only what you remember it to be. And when you can learn how to accept the past for what it is, now that opens you up to the fullness of the present moment. Some of you know one of my little side hustles is um, yeah, because it's hard out here in these streets. <laughs> it's hard out here. So, you know, I started marriedbyprada.com dark humor. I told my uh, friends the other day, I was like, I may start a buriedbyprada.com, too. Why? What? What's the problem? Somebody has to do it. They call me. So I might as well have the website set up. (laughs) Anyways. So I have this buriedbyprada.com, right? And I do uh, officiating for weddings. Last year, I had a friend of mine who asked me to do a wedding for a friend of his, whatever, who we went on the beach, Dania Beach, did the wedding. It was odd though, because every time I would bring up the payment, it was like the dude was sidestepping me. But this was a friend of a friend, so I'm like, it's fine, I'm, you know, everything will be taken care of. So after the wedding, you know, I'm lingering around now. <laughs> hey, buddy, I don't wanna be here, I just want my money so I can go home, okay? And this isn't even the worst of it. I got another story where I, I, I literally was asking for the money. And this is, listen, if you want to hire me, I promise this is not normally how it goes. This is just some crazy circumstances I've been in. One family was like, oh, yeah, ask the uncle. So I had to go to the uncle. Hey, man, they told me to come to you for the check. Yeah, ask the dad. So I had to, I literally was doing this. But that's another story. This story particularly, we did the wedding. And I'm lingering around. trying to say, Hey, man, what about the check? Whatever. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'll mail it to you. What's your address? And I said, I was like, all right, no problem. So I give him my address. Like five days pass, I don't hear from him. So I text him. i was like, hey, man, I just, you know, I haven't gotten the check. Just making sure, you know, that you're still going to send it, whatever. Nothing. Crickets. This dude ended up not paying me. This is at the end of 2020, so we're all struggling here. I was looking forward to a little extra money in my pocket dude never pays me, right? Nice people never pay me. So that whole week, and you know, my wife is the protecting mode, which I love about her. She's like, no, you need to do something about this. You need to get your money. This is messed up. I'm like, I know, babe, I know, but you see the way this whole thing is set up. It's like, I don't know. So You know, I have that in my ear. And then there's that other little part of me that's like, man, what's going on here? Like, should I text him again and try again? Instead, you know what I did that whole week after? Anytime I got in the car on my way to the gym, on my way to a meeting, on my way to someone's house, I would play a song on repeat. I had to listen to this song maybe 50 times that week. It was a song from the Beatles. (laughs) Everybody know what song I'm talking about? (laughs) When I find myself in times of trouble, Mother Mary comes to me, speaking words of wisdom, let it be. And in my hour of darkness, she was standing there in front of me, speaking words of wisdom, Let it be, everybody together. Let it be, let it be, let it be, let it be. Whisper words of wisdom, let it be. That's it, I had to literally keep singing that. Now, I was jamming. I was jamming out. Now the ego will tell you the complete opposite. Let it be. Let it be. No, 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 no. That's not how it works here, buddy. You better give me my money back right now. I could have done that. And there may be a time to do those sorts of things. (laughs) But what I've come to recognize is for what, right? In this instance, I could have maybe asserted myself and said a couple things and probably still ended up not getting my money. But now I'm 10 times more pissed because I've been trying to. Interfere and make things happen. I have never run into problems by letting things be. (laughs) So that's just let it be. Whatever it is you're trying to fix, whatever it is you're trying to control, whatever it is you're trying to make into something that it cannot be, just let it be. Words of wisdom. Let it be. That's a good way to end. (laughs) Let's pray. God, in this moment, we open up our minds and our hearts to the influence of your spirit. May you deposit in us the wisdom that we need to see as you see. Help us to be open to change, to be flexible, to be fluid, to move in harmony with life. Help us to be open to being wrong and to recognize that we don't have all of the answers. May we be open to the present moment and the fullness of what it brings and live in a constant state of acceptance, knowing that you are the one at work in and through all things. Help us to be open to life's surprises, to not expect life, to go wrong but to be open to the possibilities may we be open to the diversity and difference in our world not shying away or being afraid of that which we are unfamiliar with but getting curious seeking to understand before we seek to be understood with this open mind God we become immovable and so establish us in this openness so that we may see you at work in all things, and so that we can evolve into the image of Christ, the most open one, open to your spirit, open to your presence, open to love, open to everyone and to everything. Thank you, God, for filling us with your love and with your spirit. Amen. All right, everybody. That was fun. Hey, we do this every week, man. How awesome is that? I'll see you guys again next Sunday. Love you. Bye.